Welcome to the Two Grumpy Bastards Podcast, where feelings aren't felt and snowflakes melt. Buckle up, it's going to be a bumpy ride. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Two Grumpy Bastards podcast. I'm Coop, and my partner in crime, Russ, uh, is on the line here. We're doing this via Zoom from different parts of the country. As a matter of fact, we're on opposite coasts, I believe. Um, if you count Memphis as a coast. <laughs> oh, that's right. You're Memphis bound these days. That's right. Hey, well, it, it, it's better than the coast I'm on. That's for sure. Um, anyway, um, this podcast is just going to be a couple of overeducated grumpy fucking ex-army bastards just kind of chopping it up about stuff hopefully you'll enjoy it it'll have its mix of comedy its mix of politics social commentary of course which is very important and uh a few other things just uh just for laughs so go ahead russ uh why don't you introduce yourself to us anything you want to anything you want to talk my name is russ meyer i'm among the most ungoogleable people on the planet um, if you ever want to have fun, Google the name Russ Meyer. Don't do it from work. Um, just have fun with what comes up. Um, I am a retired lieutenant colonel. I am one of the most arrogant bastards you will ever meet. Um, and I have very little tolerance for stupid people. So it makes me a popular person all around. People are drawn to my energy and personality. And uh, one of the reasons why I've grown up with Probably the number of friends I can count on one hand. Drawn to your personality like flies to a bloated carcass. I was going to say flies to shit, but whatever works. <laughs> I like the visualization of the bloated carcass better. But uh, yeah, <laughs> Russ and I have known each other for quite some time. Um, I won't give you all the ins and outs because un- unfortunately, I'm very Googleable. Um, and but, and uh, I don't need to know Coop, Coop talking about ins and outs, okay? That's right. Well, come on, baby. A little friction is always good. Um <laughs> We've known each other for quite some time. We both taught at the college level together and uh, had a lot of fun back in the day. And I guess uh, I would describe our friendship as, well, I don't know what I would describe it as. Uh, Mutt and Jeff. Mutt and Jeff, something like that. Yeah, Russ tends to be- Waldorf. You tend to be a little bit more on the, uh, how shall I say, pragmatic side than I am at times. Um, Pragmatic and pessimistic. Yes, yeah. And I I tend not to be a nihilist like you, but- uh, um, I try not to be anyway. Yeah, well, my, as I'm sure you know, Coop, my view of the human race is, uh, how do I put this? Not very high. I don't have a, a good opinion of most of our species. Um, as a matter of fact, I have come to despise a large portion of our species over the last few years. I view the human race as uh, a little too emotional, uh, a little too surface level, and not really wanting to utilize their brain, wanting to go to extremes on either side. So when I say I have little tolerance for stupid people, I kind of count the overly emotional in the stupid people because people will react rather than think their way through it. Of course, you can also shit your pants rather than go to the toilet. That doesn't make it. <laughs> Just because you can do something doesn't mean you should, as I'm correct. Yes. Um, yeah. I was just having this discussion with a good friend of mine who um, I tend to be uh, 
the most I am I am about as woke as fucking uh, Methuselah. That's how woke I am. <laughs> and uh, uh, matter of fact, the the hashtag uh, wokeless will be a part of this pa- podcast and part of our upcoming merchandise line. But uh, um, so much so much has happened in the last couple of years that it just I can't even sit here and binge watch anything on TV on Hulu or anything else without running into just example after example after example of woke being more important than quality or truth or anything else. And it's just, it's really, I I think I'm with you in that boat. It's really discouraging to see the country that both you and I would have gladly given our lives for to be, uh, raped with this sentimental horseshit that has become part of our, our lexicon now. Well, woke woke has has ruined one of my childhood favorites. I know you and I like to have the the Star Trek, Battlestar Galactica, Star Wars debates on occasion, and uh, wokeness is why Star Wars has been ruined for me. Uh, the Last Jedi was the weakest crap fest I think I have ever watched, <laughs> and uh, it is the reason I have not seen Rise of Skywalker. Uh, the Mandalorian was was halfway decent and then they fired Gina Carano because she wasn't woke enough for them and she crossed them too many times. And so, yeah, it's, it's one of the reasons why I'm wary about just about anything I ever watch because I know they're going to try to slip something in there. They don't understand that, you know, when you go to uh, whether it's sports or movies or TV show, you go there to escape that we have to deal with in the regular world all the time. You don't need it in the rest of that stuff. I 100% agree. Yeah, and you talk about that, Star Wars being ruined for you. Well, this uh, this uh, travesty, this mental abortion of a new series that came out, Star Trek Discovery, or Star Trek Wokery, is is I, I got to admit the second season I enjoyed because they had the Captain Christopher Pike storyline and Anson Mount played him and he's a he's a great actor and that was that was kind of cool um but the last season is such a fucking joke well first of all the actress who plays Michael Burnham is a horrible actress she's just over emoting uh all the time and how this person became a starship captain after basically committing mutiny I I can't really be it down with that with that character begin with and then every single character on there is an exploration of not like 25th century wokeness but our current wokeness now with the uh, pronouns and everything oh, else being it. part of that lore it's crazy i lost it for half a second oh but yeah i just just uh yeah you you were seizing up a little bit there actually it's saying it's saying i'm unstable um, <laughs> well i would agree with that yeah no no shit computer Really? Um, I would this love just to be able to comment water is wet. Star- I'd love to be able to comment on Star Trek Discovery, but I- I've heeded some warnings and have not watched it. Um, yeah, good for you. Yeah, the-, the last Star Trek that was worth anything, and it was only worth it in bits and pieces, was Star Trek Enterprise. I actually liked some of it. It had some promise. It didn't end very well, but right. it did have some promise. Of course, I love The Next Generation. Um, Star Trek Voyager it had some some good stuff here and there, but... A lot of people have told me some of the stuff that's in Discovery. I want to give it a chance. I really do. Like I said, I'm a I'm a sci-fi nerd, but I, I don't my tolerance for being preached that is not real high. Uh like I said, the the last Jedi, if you ever, if you go to my writing blog at rdmeyerwrites.blogspot.com, one of my most popular is my takedown of The Last Jedi. Everything from old Admiral Purple Hair displacing Admiral Akbar for some reason to them shoving right animal rights into the middle of this thing when I'm like, like just escaped from the gambling planet and 
Finn looks at Rose and says, well, was it worth it? And then she takes the saddle off that camel horse thing. It's going to be recaptured 20 minutes later anyway. I said, well, now it was worth it. I'm like, are, are you shitting me? I mean, that's got absolutely no purpose to it at all. And oh, by the way, I guess Galaxy Planet, all the evil capitalists, the only way they can make money is by selling arms and gambling, not, not tissue regeneration, not new starship design, not feeding how, out how to increase food yields. No, they're going to you know, sell guns to people to kill other people, to exploit and oppress people around the world. And I'm like, this is not the Star Wars I grew up on, saying nothing of all the other bullshit, like uh, Princess Mary Poppins. Uh, being blown out into space unconscious suddenly gains the ability to fly. And as they're trying to destroy the Star Wars dreadnoughts, I guess we need gravity now because inertia in space doesn't work. They got to get over top of these these dreadnoughts to drop their bombs as opposed to, hey, it's space. Let's just launch them in the general direction and watch them go. <laughs> could you, could you, I, I kind of lost you there. Could you start that one over, please? Hey, uh, well, <laughs> <laughs> are, are you are you fucking with me now? I certainly am. Yes, that was that was. Well, a, I can go, go on for another ten about everything from hey, let's fly through those dreadnoughts at light speed. Why? Why didn't we figure that out with the first Death Star? <laughs> <laughs> yes, I understand exactly what you're saying. Yeah, it, it's I. I could not believe there'd be anything in the Star Wars franchise that would make me miss Hayden Christensen said, "Yes, my lady." To oh my uh, goodness. But yeah, that actually, I, I found I'd actually rather watch that. I'd actually rather watch. I found that. myself at the end of the Last Jedi saying, "Oh God, can we bring back George Lucas?" Yeah, <laughs> yeah, no kidding, no kidding. Yeah, it's it's uh, the whole thing has been a shit show, and uh, I thought the first one was kind of okay, but then the suspension of disbelief on you know, um, gee, I know how to fight with a lightsaber like I'm an expert Jedi, and I've never used one before. That kind of yeah. Just- well, the the problem with the with the Force Awakens was it was a retelling of Star Wars. Let's right. see. Lonely orphan on a desert planet comes to the force and attacks big giant kill giant you know planet killing device that has one weakness that they find that is exploited by a you know rebel pilot just so cool for all of us. It was Star Wars retold, and then like you said, the Last Jedi just I mean they destroyed Luke Skywalker. Luke Skywalker was the optimistic you know always found good in everybody. He let's put it this way: he crossed the galaxy to face death and Darth Vader because he felt there might be a little bit of good in him. However, he was ready to shish kebab his only sister's only son because he felt there might be a little bit of bad in him. I mean, kind of goes against character there. <laughs> you know, and, and I was just offended by the fact that he was sucking the milk from that big titted thing on his, oh, on his island thing. Yeah. That that's uh I didn't understand that at all. Yeah, um, really didn't also didn't understand why Ray was the one talking to Luke and they left Chewie inside the, the Millennium Falcon who suddenly decided he can't eat those little bird things because they might be cute. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, this is this is actually a lot more fun talking about Star Wars than I ever would have thought possible. <laughs> uh, yeah. so I, I grew up with the first three. I had high hopes for three prequels, which did have their moments. The the uh, battle between Obi-Wan and Darth Maul mm-hmm. uh, was epic. The battle between Obi-Wan and uh, Anakin in number three was really good. I could have done without Jar Jar. I could have done without oh, all the space politics that a 10-year-old doesn't care about. Right. Uh, but, but at least they were consistent in the storyline. The neck, the follow-on trilogy, it was no longer the story of the Skywalker family. It suddenly became the story of the Palpatine family. Right. 
Right. Yeah. I didn't like that shift in perspective either. Yeah. I tried, I, I, I got halfway through the second one and it was, uh, I, I watched it and I just quit caring at that point, completely quit caring. Yeah. Well, it, I haven't watched, I have, I have honestly seen the rise of Skywalker and I don't have the, any excitement to see it as a result. Um, it's, they just, they did with that what game of Thrones managed to do with their finale. You right. Know, I mean, it was so bad that it destroyed the enthusiasm for anything in the future. I mean, Game of Thrones is that same way. Everybody was all built up for it. And you get to the last season. Does anybody go back and watch that shit again the way that they did, do with Lord of the Rings or oh, no, Harry Potter? No, no I, would, yeah. I wouldn't watch a single episode again. And I was glued to my TV with that. Oh, so was I. I mean, they could have they drawn out the, I mean, the war with the White Walkers. They could have drawn it out, you know, a full season. You know, have the, have the human king losing and find something at the end and he was with a knife in a single battle okay well kind of anticlimactic there right no i hear you um i was gonna i was gonna ask you a question about that but uh i think it had to do something with that but that's all right um what was i gonna ask you it doesn't matter well you know speaking of <laughs> speaking of fucking history up um I, I imagine you probably have an opinion about the dr zeus issue huh oh my god yeah, yeah. i've gone I've gone off on some folks about the Dr. Seuss thing. I, I'm normally a mellow, even keel kind of guy. Um, <laughs> but no, I, I've run into multiple yeah. people who have defended what is essentially censorship. And they've defended it on several fronts. Everything from, oh, come on, it's only six books. Because we all know that folks who ban books tend to stop at a certain number. Right. Um, all the way to, um, oh, yeah. what, well, Dr. Seuss's foundation came up with this on their own. That's bullshit. That's like saying Chris Harrison, the guy who hosted The Bachelor, came out with his profuse apologies and his caving to woke culture all on his own. No, oh, yeah, that was beaten into it. That wasn't some pile of shit publicist doing that. No, not at all. That was all on him, I'm sure. Yeah, they they got browbeaten into canceling these these six books um, because some folks all of a sudden, after 80 years, decided some of the imagery was a little bit of a Let's even assume some of us found the imagery a problem. Let's just assume that for the sake of argument. Okay. Here's a wild and wacky. Don't read it to you. All right. Insist though, that everybody else holds your same opinion and that they can't even see it and pull it off the shelves. I've reminded folks the last few days. I seem to be the only person who remembers out of Fahrenheit 451, Captain Beatty, uh, lecturing Guy Montag about how the book burning stuff and starting the fires began. It wasn't government forced down censorship. It was, you know, a lot of uh, small groups of folks started to find stuff offensive and they started removing it. And when they started removing it from the shelves, that wasn't enough. So they started burning it. And then the government got involved. All right. Rarely have we run across, a, you know, some story from history where the book burners and the censors are the good guys. And a lot of people are agreeing with this stuff. Now, I mean, our, tolerating this stuff now because they agree with it. Um, the whole point of protecting speech that is offensive is because when the most offensive and most egregious speech is protected, we are all safe. Again, you don't have to agree with it. Just don't read it. Exercise your choice. Don't try to take that choice away from everybody else. And let's stop pretending that the Seuss Foundation came up with this bullshit on their own. I gr Granted, they are a bunch of uber progressives themselves. But like any company, any corporation, any foundation, they want to avoid controversy. They don't like getting yelled at. Being called a racist is the, probably the worst thing you can get called in today's society. They didn't like people screeching at them. So they met with a bunch of academics. And suddenly these six titles are, oh, my goodness, now these things are a problem after 80 years. Because I sure know that I've run into a lot of four-year-olds that became racists after they read about a tizzle top mazurka from the island of Yurka. <laughs> 
Yeah, me too. You know, I, I, uh, I, I know a lot of kids who joined the white nationalist movement after reading a Dr. Seuss book. Matter of fact, I think that's required reading. Jesus fucking Christ. Here's the problem too. Here's the problem too, Russ, is the people that are making these decisions for everybody else are literally the stupidest fucking people on planet earth. Oh yes. They're the ones determining this. It's not a bunch of smart people. It's not like Elon Musk and, you know, some brain trust (laughs) got together and said, you know, we need to ban Zeus. It's a, it is literally the it's the people that are defending Gavin Newsom on Twitter uh, and and people like that, like literally the worst governor maybe in the history of the world. And they're still defending him because they voted for him. That's those yeah. people that are making these decisions, not smart people. Yeah, well, he Newsom and Cuomo, they trade the, the trophy back and forth for who's the, who's the worst governor of America. You know, like every week, one of them will do something. They'll say, hey, here, take the take the trophy back for a few minutes. I want to do something. Uh, the, the folks that that you were talking about that are coming up with this stuff. Um, that are trying to to ban Dr. Seuss. Yeah, I, I, re- I had a conversation with one moron who was because I, I put up a thing about Charles Blow from the New York Times is now going after Pepe Le Pew from uh, the Looney Tunes cartoon, saying that Pepe Le Pew uh, is emblematic of rape culture. Um, because, I mean, Pepe Le Pew was the arrogant, outspoken, you know, parody of a Frenchman who was always, you know, never got his way. He was either blown up or destroyed in some way. Um, He's the guy we all laughed at. But now Charles Blow is saying that he's emblematic of rape culture. And this one guy that I was talking to was like, yeah, I don't even show my my children that because they need to know no means no. And I'm like, dude, one of two things is going on here. Either, you know, you know, it's stupid. You're trying to get a rise out of me or you are too fucking moronic to be involved in an adult conversation. Which one is it? You know, that's the thing. You can find something wrong with anything if you look hard enough, if you keep digging. And uh, the fact one of the things that really scares me about this generation and this woke generation is that they they don't understand either nuance or perspective. They don't they don't know what that is. Even they don't even know what those words mean. They can't put anything in historical perspective. You know, I a lot of my heroes were all of my heroes were flawed men and women and to, to one degree or another. I mean, of course, of course. But they are also people of their times. George Washington was a man of his time. He was a Virginia farmer. Yeah, you're, you're uncomfortable with the fact that fact that he had slaves. Got it. But he was a man of his time. Doesn't does not take away the greatness of what he managed to accomplish. Well, and the, the, yeah, of course, they were, they were human beings. Human beings right. are flawed. Like you said, we are products of Lord only knows 100 years from now what they're going to say about us. That's barbaric. My my guess that's all this is, is a guess. But 100 years from now, they're going to look at two things, one of which and one of which I kind of like. Um, obviously, I abhor abortion. I think they're going to look back at that and say that that was uh, barbaric based on our convenience. And especially once they can start to synthesize protein, I think they're going to look back and say, hey, you folks that ate meat, you know, we're barbarians. Now, I love to eat. I love you know, pizza and steak and my view on vegetables is that the food eats, but I love, I love to eat meat, but I recognize once they start to synthesize the protein a hundred years from now, folks are going to say, Hey, you know, you guys ate meat and that's wrong because animals have feelings and all that other bullshit. It's that's Lord only knows we're going to say in the future. They might as well just say, all right, everybody that was born more than 50 years ago, all of your stuff is irrelevant. It's all offensive and we're going to move on. I love people who claim, well, if I'd been alive back then, I would have acted, you know, in this way. That's, that's horseshit. Exactly. They would have acted in accordance times because you're a product of you exist. If stuff has not come around yet, 
then you're not going to act in accordance with it. Now, it's great when stuff evolves. We have evolved past a lot of stuff. But folks want to take on, for example, slavery. Well, then I guess nothing else with Rome. I mean, the Roman Empire, slavery was endemic. You know, I guess nothing else in China or in uh, the Egyptian culture. I mean, how do you think they built the pyramids? This is this is none of this was a new phenomenon. It's not like folks thought up thought it up themselves, but people want to either pretend to be more moral or they're afraid of getting called immoral. So they're going to shut up and and not and they're going to go along with this because they don't want to get browbeaten. Yeah, you're absolutely right. It, it, nah, I, I can't even get it. I get so befuddled when I think about that is how can you not understand context? How can you not? Or I would love to know, you know, do all these people that have these feelings and this and they want to castigate and demonize people from the past? I mean, what do they fucking smell like lavender and have beer flavored nipples or something? Because I don't think they're probably all that fucking perfect either. You know, and, well, and to yeah. and to pretend, you know, I have a lot of friends who are who are proud for the fact that um, they voted for Obama twice because, you know, it was their it was their uh, their time to shine and vote for a black president. That's great and all. But I, I think about that in context of, well, why are you proud of that? Aren't we to a place where you shouldn't be proud of it? Isn't isn't that in itself an indicator of your insecurity or your uh, your view of, oh, look at me, I voted that's great. I would vote for whoever's qualified. Who yeah. who cares? But to pin your identity on this, you know, this like this uh, political movement that's that's all about identity politics, and and I'm going to tie myself to things I say. You know, like the assholes that are out there on Facebook, the narcissistic posts about how awesome they are, or any little movement that comes along, they want to change your fucking profile picture, and yep. you know, you're not that cool because you really. As I'm fond of saying, I know heroes. I've worked with a lot of heroes. I know what I know what heroes really are. I, I've met quite a few in my life, fortunately, and in my profession. And you ain't one of them because you put something so fucking brave on Facebook. Ooh. Yeah. Well, not only that, people put brave on Facebook that everybody else is going to either applaud them for or is already part of the prevailing narrative. It is not brave to go with the prevailing narrative. That doesn't mean you have to be contrary just for the sake of being an asshole. If something's right, you you go with it. Right. Sure. Um, sure. Unfortunately, we are polarizing and tribalizing ourselves so much because everybody is is backing into a corner, putting up their dukes because they got to protect themselves and you know their own crowd. Um, and it's dividing us even further as opposed to the vision of judge each other by the content of our character you know, let's make sure that we're striving towards the same goal. We have some foundational principles that we share. We're going to disagree on on the uh, the specifics of some stuff. But unfortunately, you get a lot of where I say that I, I have some uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, some disgust with parts of the human race is the two camps. Well, two of the camps that we are divided into is you have those are some really nice glasses there. I like those. Hey, thanks, man. Hey, these um, these are hundred dollar Warby Parkers, motherfucker. They work. <laughs> I got these at Walmart, nineteen ninety five. But they're some of the best glasses that I have because I got old. I was always right. proud of my vision until about two thousand fourteen, and I finally gave in. Which I probably should have gone and get got, get my glasses, you know, a year year or two before I did. But finally got finally broke down and recognized I'm getting old, and I can still read stuff far away, but up close it all gets uh, rather fuzzy. Um, no, I, I was. Yeah, we, we, we want to polarize each other. And the problem is that two of the biggest camps, you get the camp that I have probably one foot toes in, which is, you know, let's be analytical, let's be rational, let's think beyond the initial order effects, think the second, third, and fourth order effects of what's going on. Um, and 
to be quite frank, I think folks like you and I tend to view people in the other large camp as uh, not as intelligent as we are because they won't think for this order effect. Um, but then you camp and you don't motion that you're an evil bastard. Um, and I don't know how those two camps exist. One thinks one is stupid. The other thinks the other is evil. Um, you suddenly got a weird look on your face. I mean, you got some diarrhea going on or what? That was earlier. No, um, no, you were, you were seizing up there for just a minute, but I could still hear you. So it's, it's okay. okay. Maybe, I, maybe it's the medication I take. That's what causes I don't know. <laughs> um, hey, but you no, know I, I just, if it makes you feel better here, hold on, hold on. This is, this is what my life has come to. This is good entertainment folks. This is what my life has come to. Okay, I'm, I'm glad I, I recognize that as now as pill, pill cases. At first, I saw pill the case, Eve thing, and yes. I thought you were taking Summer's Eve or something. Every but now day that I see it's lighted up into four. Yes, that's how many pills I take. Well, no, hey, look, I understand that because my daughter has got her pill case for her right. uh, for her CF. So she takes pills, you know, every you know every day with that. And so I recognize the cases, but <laughs> I do know that as getting older, we that becomes like you know one of the accessories we have to have. It's, it's sad, but true. Yes. Yeah. I, uh, it's not something I would keep on my passenger seat if I was, you know, uh, <laughs> pick my gallop for a hot date or something like that. Yeah. Probably, probably not. Yeah. Pro- probably not a good idea. Hey, sir, you know, I got some, I got some ambient or whatever it is you want to, you want to offer them. Hey, I, yeah. I got some, what is that? I got some apple cider vinegar right here. You know, you need <laughs> and some protein powder, baby. <laughs> um, yeah, it's I, sad I, how uncool we've become. Speaking speaking of uh, of idiots, I uh, I heard something interesting uh, the other day. Um, good old good old uh, our our boy Beto saying Beto Beto dude. Like, uh, did you hear that he uh, said that the Texas governor is addicted to a cult of death by by taking off oh, yeah. the mask mandate? This yeah, coming I, from a this coming from a guy who supports late term abortions, by the way. Oh yeah, it's, I just wanted. My body, my, my body, my choice. Yeah. Yeah. A guy, a guy who, you know, and I have a slightly different nuanced view than you do on that stuff. But yeah, a guy who supports late term abortions talks about a cult of death. Jesus Christ. Who are and people were going to vote for this guy to be president, too, by the way. That's pretty. Well, first of all, he's probably going to run for governor of Texas. But he also called Texas. And I'm shitting you not a failed state. He did now, say that you and yeah. I have seen actual failed states. Yes, we have. Um, I, I know what a failed state looks like. It ain't Texas. They, yeah, what happened with their electrical grid was was horrific. They need to get that fixed. Absolutely. They were without power, some people died. It's awful. But you know what? They got the power back on. People weren't deciding between different currents. They were eating their own family pets. We so are Warlords weren't raiding the fucking depots for the you know the food supplies and all that kind of thing. Yeah, they weren't burning cowboys gear. You know, in order to stay warm. Now, there's other reasons you should burn Cowboys gear, but it wasn't to stay warm during that time frame. <laughs> yeah, that one cracked me up. And matter of fact, uh, our our guy, uh, my favorite governor to the south of me, uh, Gavin Newsom, said that it was reckless and Neanderthal to, uh, yeah, really, he really worry about running California first. Yeah. Yeah. You who closed down the California economy and has ruined that state in so many fucking ways. And oh, by the way, everybody calling Rick Santora. Uh, a horrible governor. They've stayed open the whole time and their death rate. What's Ron that? DeSantis? Ron, Ron DeSantis. DeSantis. Why did I say Rick Santorum? Jesus Christ. Yeah. Ron DeSantis. Yeah, my current uh, number one for 24. Yeah, probably. Um, 
kept his state open the entire time. And their death rate is actually lower than California's, which has been on lockdown. Huh? Yeah. You really want to talk out your ass, Gavin? Yeah, they're the second oldest state in the nation. The only state that has an older population is Maine. So basically it means that they have the oldest population in the nation because there's like, I don't know, 25 people in Maine. So I don't know right. if that's really comparable. <laughs> their their death rate in per capita, death per death per thousand or death per million is uh, 27th in the nation. It fluctuates between 25th and 28th. But right now it's 27th in the nation. California's right. got one of the youngest states in the nation. Their death rate, you know, their per capita is not terribly different. Their raw numbers are higher, but it shows the difference in the disparity between the policies because one locked everything down. The other said, Hey, you're going to be human beings. You know, let's you know, make your own decisions for your own health. Let's have some targeted, more nuanced policies. Let's restrict access to the nursing homes. Maybe we don't have, you know, 80,000 people in the close stadium, that kind of stuff. And to, to Texas, that's similar to what uh, governor Abbott's doing now. Governor Abbott can go out there and Hey, your masks and go breathe in space no, said we're not going to mandate it right right we're going to expect wanna, adults adults to be adults yeah, you want to do that wear a mask if you don't feel safe in the situation don't go into the situation but right. he didn't come out you know this is but this is all politics now what i can't what i don't know is how much do newsom and beto actually believe this bullshit about cults of death and neanderthal thinking and how much is it are they playing to their to their base and playing to their crowd of the, the true believers that actually do believe it? I mean, because I, I really it's really hard to tell with these politicians sometimes who believes what. But like I said, Abbott is still saying, be cautious, wash your hands. Businesses right. can have, have mask mandates in place. Right. But there are 15 states right now that don't have a mask mandate. They leave it, they either leave it up to municipalities, localities or they say businesses can decide. I live in one of those states. Tennessee does not have a mask mandate. Memphis and Shelby County does. I live in Fayette County just outside. Kroger's got a mask policy. Walmart's got a mask policy. But, you know, the Oakland Tire and Service that I went to to get my oil changed doesn't have a mask policy. And there were people in there that were unmasked. There were people in there that were masked. They make their own decisions based on their own analysis of risk and what they want to do. And people, they want to so many folks want to protect you for your own good because they think they know better than you. But like you were saying earlier, you know, there's a lot of stupid people out there like Beto who think they know better and they, they really don't. What do you, you know, I have a lot of theories on that. What do you think was the big shift? I mean, I blame a lot of it. I put it, well, I shouldn't say blame a lot of it because nothing is, is something unless you make it something. Social media by itself is not an evil entity, but it's what people have used it for. But I honestly believe that one of the things social media is allowed to do, you know, when I, when I was in high school, I was one of the big kids and I was one of the tough kids and I was an athlete. And if you were a, if you were a dumb fuck, you sat in the back of the, back of the room you didn't say shit because i might kick your ass or somebody like me might kick your ass now the dumb fucks get to say whatever they want to with no regard and no no reprisal right well a couple a couple of things on that first of all now i was the short scrawny little fuck uh (laughs) now you can ask anybody who knew me growing up i graduated high school at like 103 pounds um i was four inches shorter than i am now Um, i also still had I, i was Fairly that's, intelligent. That's right on midgety level right there. Kind of. Yeah, it was. Um, it's, it's why I was, you know, so popular with the ladies back then. But uh, I, I was I was pretty good. I got pretty good grades and I still had the same big mouth that I do now. I still had no problem saying anything. So I tended to get bullied just a little bit because when uh, people and no offense, Coop, who were, like you said, big, big and strong like yourself would say something stupid. 
I would have to call them out on being stupid and then they would get mad. And after, after class, they would let me know that they were not happy with. Um, but the, one of the problems with social media, you know, me, I, I am, I do not change my way based on social media or if I'm in your face. It's one of the things that makes me so popular. It's, I'm going to tell you what I think and I ain't going to hold back. Most people, however, will not do that. Most people will have this veneer of civility to your face, which I tend to believe is a little bit two-faced, you know, where they're going to be one way to you in person and another way behind your back. And they'll get on their computer where they don't have to see you face-to-face and they'll start typing out all the real thoughts. I think it was Mike Tyson that said, you know, there's a lot of people that are saying stuff that in real life, if they were say it face-to-face, would get you punched in the mouth. Absolutely. Um, but they're safe question. behind their keyboard. Uh, so they'll say whatever they want. Now, like I said, I, you, it, one of my shining uh, personalities, I will say to you that I'll type about even doing both, but uh, there's not a lot of people that will do that. Um, now, I really wish more people would. You know, I, I, I think if we were more, more honest with each other, um, I kind of go to the, uh, and this is going to be the inner geek in me coming out, go to the, the Betazoid from Star Trek Next Generation uh, uh-huh. type of society where they can read everybody's thoughts. So if you know if you knew what everybody's thinking, it's hard to hide and be that you know be that asshole in private that you can be this shining example of civility in public. Uh, I, I kind of wouldn't mind seeing that. That's one of the reasons I want to see the new Tom Holland movie. I don't remember what it's called. Oh I, yeah, yeah, yeah. I've seen the yeah. trailer for Tom it. Holland, and then uh, <laughs> why can't I remember her name? Daisy Riddle yeah. from Star Wars, where right. she can see all of his thoughts. Now I don't know that a lot of girls really want to see what guys are thinking. Good God, no. God, oh, no. I mean, we'd never get laid again, ever, ever, ever. There was a comedian, Larry. Oh, I can't remember his last name. Uh, a couple decades ago, that talked about the difference between, like, for example, men's strip clubs and women's strip clubs. Uh, shows the difference in the thinking. You go to a women's strip club; they're all cheering, they're dancing around, they're having a good time. It's a celebration of women's, you know, womanhood. You ever go to a, a men's strip club? They're all like, uh, you know, wolves looking at prey. They're all. Like, <laughs> nobody's talking, you know, they're just, they're just staring. That's the difference. And you don't want to read our thoughts because it's just, it's part of our, our biological nature. That doesn't mean you act on those thoughts, but you're going to, you're going to have thoughts that if, if ever, if the women could read them, yeah, I'm not sure uh, that there would be any guys left in society or at least none associating women. I think that's, I think, I think you nailed it too. You know, I, I don't know if you know this about me or not, but way back in my past, one of my part-time jobs was as a uh, staff member in a female uh, strip club. Um, oh, I did not know that. Yes. I was one of the guys that kept people from misbehaving. I was that guy, you know, wearing the, wearing the t-shirt, Good. t-shirt and the engineer boots and all that. And I swear to God, it was the most depressing thing in the world to do, to work at a place like that. Because first of all, all the girls were completely fucked up. I mean, all of them would, you know, had, had some experience with their uncle or something. All yeah, had strip clubs looking for a wife. Oh God. Yeah. And then, and then the men that would, they would sit there and I swear to God, you could taste their bloody tears. They were just, just this <laughs> weird indulgent depression among the men sitting there, you know, and then in the state that I worked in, you weren't allowed liquor in those places. So, you know, they're drinking $12 Cokes, you know, and just depressed out of their mind, watching some girl that, you know, um, has stretch marks up to her chin, uh, dancing in front of, you know, I'm, I'm being would an you, asshole, but it's kind of like, would you like to buy the lady a lemonade for eight bucks? <laughs> I mean, Look, I mean, I was a group of friends in my past. I know, I know what they're like. I'm not going to sit here and pretend that I, I didn't, I didn't, you know, frequent those establishments in my in my mid twenties. Um, so yeah, I know exactly what that's like. But yeah, there's, you know, 
it's not the most stable of environments. And like you said, guys turn into predatory animals in those kind of environments where we're just we're waiting to try to pick off the sickly gazelle that when the rest of the herd runs off. Right. Right. Yeah. It's uh, it. Yeah. I, I can't even imagine. I, I have to hide 98% of everything I'm thinking, you know, and I, I get the, how come you don't share more? How come you don't talk more? Really? <laughs> really? <laughs> really? Uh, look, if, if you want, if you want to see the, uh, what happens when you got no filter between your brain and your mouth, look to president Trump. I mean, look, I, yeah. I, I, I liked a lot of his policies. Don't get me wrong. There were times that he, he did fight back that I, I liked it because he thought something, there was somebody out there that was taking it back to the press, which is not something Mitt Romney or John McCain or George W. Bush or Bob Dole or George Bush, the first or any of them ever did. So that was right. a big part of his appeal. However, Trump would think it and then say it. There was, there was no filter. There was no discernment there on what he would say. And, and that's what it's like. If, if people don't have that, that filter, you, you you know, you may get this this great jab back at the press that's you know triumphant and feel, makes you feel satisfied, and then he may say something about Megyn Kelly where you're like, ah, maybe you should hold back on that a little bit. Speaking of which, have you uh, have you been listening to her pod? By the way, I, I have not. Um, most I, of my most of my podcast stuff I listen to in the gym on the elliptical. I tend to listen to, to Daily Wire uh, when I'm doing when I'm exercising if sure. I'm in the car, and my my free time to listen to other stuff between work and, uh, and kids and other stuff is to be honest, fairly limited. It's one of the things that has limited my TV show stuff. Although me and the wife and my teenage daughter have gotten into resident alien. Um, yeah. even with the language, um, that's why we don't let the youngest be in there with some of the language sometimes. Um, right. But oh, it's yeah. I'm glad you took me up on that because I, I think it's probably the best TV show on right now as far as pure entertainment value. And Alan Tudyk yeah. is a treasure. That guy's a fucking yeah. treasure. Yeah, well, we I, I, I believe it or not, I had taped it before or taped it. My wife's going to kill me with this because there's no videotapes <laughs> anymore, Russ. Um, I recorded it. I had set it to record uh, before we talked, but then we sat down and finally watched it. Um, and I, I enjoy it. I think it's hysterical. Um, I want to know why he wants to blow all of us up. But uh, aside from that, he, he he is also that he's that guy at the party that doesn't have the filter and will be blunt to you because he doesn't understand human human nuance. That's one of the big appeals of the show. It is. Yeah. And, and they could not have picked a better actor than Alan Tudyk to play that, by the way. Yeah. Well, I mean, I've only seen him in two other things. I saw him briefly in V um, when he he played at the beginning of that. And I knew V I had some had some other issues with. Um, although they tried to do a better job than, I don't know if you, did you ever go back and watch the V from the mid eighties? I remember it very, very well. That was like one of my favorite shows when I was a kid. You you remember it. Have you gone back and watched it since you've been a grown up? It's probably didn't age well, I would guess. Oh no. Uh, (laughs) when I was 10 or 11 years old, it was the most awesome show on TV, mid eighties. You know, I'm into it. I went back and watched it a few years ago and oh my God, is it bad? I bet Um, it is. I bet it it, is. Yeah. But so he he was in that, and then uh, he was also Pirate Steve in right. uh, Dodgeball. Yes, um, and that's where I, that's where I've seen him. But he's yeah, he's great in Resident Alien. He's he's um, one of the reasons I try keep trying to get on you to watch Firefly because he plays the pilot Wash on that show, and he's fucking fantastic. If I got into Firefly, they they then they take that after just a few episodes. I mean, I'd get into it, and suddenly there's nothing left. Yeah, I think it was it only it was only on for two seasons, and then of I mean, course I they did the, I, the only ones. I, I didn't know that uh, Alan, what'd you say his name is? Tudyk. Alan, I didn't know Alan Tudyk was on it. I know Nathan Fillion was on it. 
sunflowers yeah. on it. And that's about all I know. I, and I know it basically it's, you know, a Western in space kind of. That's Yeah, it is. It I, very I have, largely is. I have seen no episodes. Everybody says, you need to watch it. Well, okay. I, whenever, maybe I get a chance and I can get it past, you know, the other things. I still got to catch up on WandaVision, you know. Oh, yeah. The, I just finished that this morning, as a matter of fact. Yeah. Now, some of what I'm seeing, the last couple episodes were that great. I don't know. I'm, I'm only through like episode four, I think. Okay. Um, but I got to get that when Winter Soldier, when Winter Soldier and Falcon and Winter Soldier comes on, I need to see that. Of course, I'm still, I just got Netflix. So I'm trying to see uh, Stranger Things, which everybody raves about. I just watched the first episode and it was, it was decent, but I got it. It's good. It's, it's very enjoyable. Yeah. Yeah. It's, see more it's, what that's, that's about. Um, but my, my shows, like I said, it, when, when you got, when you got little kids, I mean, my, my daughter's 15, my oldest, but my youngest is still seven going on eight. So uh, in addition to, you know, having to watch what we, watch what we watch it. Trust me, you, you do not understand how much uh, sex and other stuff is in the TV show friends until you've tried watching it with a six-year-old and suddenly you're, you're changing the channel. But uh, other than that, we, it's a lot of bluey and Casa Grandes and big city greens when she watches television uh, and she's not, you know, tripling her reading goal from school. Right. Um, so my, my grown-up shows, I gotta be very discerning at least for now we, we thought that it was going to change when Rachel got older and then suddenly surprise Amelia came along and uh, now we're, we're right back to square one on, on some of the, the kitty shows, which she loves. And I am having to try to tell her, you know, when you turn 14 or 15, these shows aren't going to be quite as good. You know, it's amazing. I was having this conversation with somebody recently about the kind of shit, the kind of just horrible shit that was on TV when I was a kid, like the after school stuff, like the Sid and Marty Croft fucking horrible, like Sigmund and the Sea Monsters and Banana H&R Puff and stuff. HR Puff and stuff. You know, I think Sid and Marty Croft, I hope they're in a special place in hell. They, they were just fucking. Remind me which one that one was. I'd probably recognize it, but I don't. What's that? Remind me what that that one was. Sid and Marty, you, they were they were the guys that did all those shows, all those terrible, oh, okay. unoriginal piece of shit, bad puppet, fucking bad costume, bad everything shows that There's had only no a couple original. Of them I remember. I remember obviously HR Puff and stuff. I remember. I don't know the name of it, but the one where they were like a bunch of bees. They were like four. Do uh, you remember they were like the Bugaloos? That's that might maybe that was it. The Bungaloos, um, yeah. <laughs> um, so and then there, there were a couple others that had a rock band. I'm not fucking yeah. shitting. Yeah, yeah, there were a couple others, but now in fairness, back then there were what five TV stations. It was ABC, CBS, NBC, the PBS channel, and then one independent station. And I'm right. I'm up at the the entertainment console, turning a dial so the antenna on the roof will spin and maybe catch the right show. Yeah, kids today yep. now now they can go to a bunch of other stuff. Now, granted that that doesn't mean the quality of kids programming has improved. If you've ever seen like uh, you know big city greens or Craig of the Creek or anything. And this is not war and peace. It's not high literature. <laughs> it's probably kind of woke these days too. I imagine a lot of that stuff out there probably pushes the um, boundary a little bit. It, it may a little bit. I, I don't know. I've watched a little bit. Big city greens is just a couple of bumpkins that are tossed in the middle of a city. And Rachel, I mean, I'm sorry, Amelia likes them because they, uh, you know, they, they talk funny and it's a lot of slapstick stuff, which kids always, always go to. There's, right. there's, there's one show that she watches that I don't understand. Um, I think it's called Parker Plays, where it's basically she's watching a bunch of kids playing video games and talking. I, I don't get that. Um, but when we were kids, I mean, yeah, huh. you had, I'm trying, 
Now we did have some interesting ones. I mean, Land of the Lost. Um, yes, yeah, the Slee Stacks and uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah, Chaka. Chaka scared me, man. He was scary. That weird. Slee Stack were always the scary ones to me. Yeah, I, I just didn't like Chaka because he just was an ugly monkey-looking fucking thing. I just it, not a big. Then they change that halfway through, and then um, and the only time you can get cartoons was on Saturday morning when you right. had. Super Friends and Thunder the Barbarian and Bugs Bunny. And then it was over at noon when Soul Train came on. Right. Yeah. Or American Bandstand. American Bandstand with Casey Kasem. That's right. No, no, Dick Clark. Clark. Yeah, Dick Clark. Clark. Yeah, I remember that. Casey Kasem was America's top 10. My sister would watch the shit out of that show, you know, and I was always like so bored watching a bunch of 20-something-year-olds do disco dancing. And oh, God. Yeah, it was so bad. but But the best was, I believe it was Sunday night, at least where I was was Solid Gold would come on. You remember yes. Solid Gold? Yes, I do well, remember Solid Gold. But to, sh- to show you how, how I don't know, white trash I kind of was at that point, you know, they'd have songs on, because they'd have once in a while they'd have a, a band on there to do their singing, whether it was El DeBarge with Rhythm of the Night or Madonna singing Like a Virgin or Ario Speedwagon. Right. Um, well, I didn't have any money to be able to go down to the, the store and and buy the records and yes, kitties records, vinyl records that you have to put on there and decide the speed. Um, either buy records or buy cassettes. Uh, I don't even know if anybody nowadays knows what a what a cassette is, but I didn't have any money for that. So I had my giant tape recorder that I would set next to the TV and hit record when uh, Rhythm of the Night or right. Mario Speedwagon or something would come on. And the one I will never forget was uh, I, for some reason I liked Ario Speedwagon. Um, oh, what was the song? Um, I can't fight this feeling. That was for some reason. Like I was in sixth grade, sixth or seventh grade. One of my favorite songs. I'm taping that, and my brother beside me was trying to get across to his to the other side of his room, and he tripped over the giant sand crawler that we used to have. And right. So you could hear this giant crunch on as I'm taping it off the TV because that's when he stumbled over the Jawa sand crawler. Uh, and <laughs> but I still listened to it until that tape spool wore out. This is high entertainment, I'm sure, right here for. Um, <laughs> oh yeah, we're, we are drawing in people by the by the dozens, I'm sure. Yep, that's it. Oops, I better be careful. I could get yeah. sued. You, know, you can you can sample it. That's all you're doing. Just sample it. Yeah, that was a sample only. That's right. That was just a sample. <laughs> yes, that is on my iPhone. Yes, it is. It's in my library. Um, yeah, probably it. along with a bunch of Miley Cyrus stuff, I'm sure. Hey, now, don't be bagging on Miley Cyrus. If you listen to her do her country western, she's actually quite good. <laughs> her voice. Wonderful. Um, yeah, yeah, she's got a great voice. Her Some of her other stuff. Check her out. Her, check her out doing a cover of uh, Dolly Parton's Jolene. It's absolutely gorgeous, actually. To, yeah, it was. Uh, I actually ran into one of the Disney show stars uh, several years back. Um. And I had, as, as I'm talking to this person, I had to remember to watch what I say because I almost, I, this was right when Miley had started to go, you know, really weird after the, the MTV right. know, thing with Robin Thicke. Um, right, right. And uh, I had to, I, a couple of times I almost said, well, as long as you don't turn out like Miley. And I had to, in the back of my brain, remember, hey, this person probably knows Miley. So let's watch some of those references right now. <laughs> That's funny. 
Oh, hey, I, I got to do this before we before we uh, we cast off here. Um, one of the things that I want to cover is, uh, you know, we talk about old Americana and uh, I found a couple of commercials lately. I'd love to watch old commercials on YouTube to kind of get an idea of the way we used to be in America. If you know what mm-hmm. I mean, it's a neat little window on the world. Um, check out this. Check out this. See if you remember this and see how like unwoke. And I, I shouldn't even say wokeless. Just how. You could never get away with any of this now. Well, did you ever see the movie Demolition Man? Now, how awesome is that? Yeah, do you do you not remember the movie Demolition Man? Say it like it is, baby. Yes, I do, actually. Well, that remember when they were in the car talking about on the, the oldie station, the mini tunes, the Armor Hot Dogs song was in oh, that movie. That's right. I totally forgot about that. Yeah, they had yeah. that radio station that was nothing but old commercials. Yep. From the, the Jolly Green Giant to the Armor Hot Dogs. Right. Um, although there's there's so much stuff that nowadays, I mean, shoot, my okay, just to give give you an idea, and I don't want to go into it too much, but I, I went to school in the mountains of North Carolina. Um, and every year, I want to say it was in September, they would play Blazing Saddles. It was oh, like sure. a free movie night. You can do that nowadays. The, the place would explode. Um, right. the, the, the campus would erupt. Everything from that to, um, shoot, I don't know, probably even Mr. Belvedere, you know, would <laughs> probably, probably not be allowed. Hey, look, I was, just to show you how socially, you know, popular I was, I remember Friday night lineups with like, you know, perfect strangers and Mr. Belvedere and. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. God, some really horrible TV. I, I knew who was at the head of the class. Oh hell yeah. You did. <laughs> Howard Hessman. Oh yeah. And then cousin Falky on the other one. Hell yeah. Oh, I love perfect I get, strangers. You know, one of my favorite, one of my favorite TV shows ever when I was a kid was uh, fall guy. And I never got into fall guy. Just, just think about this though. How's this, how's this for a fucking premise for a show you imagine being at the at the pitch meeting here yeah we got this guy who's a stunt man and on the side he's a bounty hunter and he tracks down people <laughs> and he jumps this huge chevy pickup truck over ravines all the time and it never falls apart and uh he's got this bikini wearing uh, assistant who's who's chasing down bad guys always wearing her bikini and stiletto heels the the, the premises on those shows were so bad i remember one of those this is how bad TV was. I, I keep telling like the younger generation, this is how bad TV was when I was a kid. This is all we had. There was a, they were putting on a free concert and Howie, his little sidekick would, they were putting on some concert, I think like in Memphis or something like that. And it was supposed to be um, cowboy George and uh, this famous country singer, but guess who gets off the play? They, they got boy George. Boy George. Yes. I that was the premise of the show. That was the premise of the fucking show. Boy George was at this concert trying to sing to a bunch of hicks. That's, that was the plot. Oh, look, two, two, I adored as a kid. I've tried to watch them the last few years and they are unwatchable. Um, the greatest American hero. Um, you know, 
Yeah. Look at what happened to me. Now. Yes, yes. I won't sing too was, much more because that was one I, of my favorites. Absolutely, I have, I have a no singing voice at all. Um, but go back trying to watch that now. It is laughably bad. Um, and I hope I don't get you know hit up for heresy for this. But the original A Team. Um, oh that God. Was the, was the epitome of the eighties. They had all these machine guns. Nobody ever got shot. Nobody ever right. died. You know, right. somehow they're they're bounty hunters for hire that never ran into you know the military trying to trying to capture them was always so brutally incompetent. They got there just behind them. <laughs> it, but I mean, I ate it up as a kid. Me too. Um, and look, Buck was in the twenty fifth century uh, with Gil Gerard. Oh yeah, yeah. Another laughably bad. That's why. I mean, Half the reason I watched the show as a seven-year-old was for Colonel Wilma Daring. I was going to say Gray. Wilma Daring, man. That was that was that was must-see TV. Wilma Daring in the jumpsuits. Yeah, well, let's see. Wilma Daring in the jumpsuit, uh, and then uh, obviously Daisy Duke, and uh, oh, also on uh, Buck Rogers, Princess uh, Ardala. Do you remember her? That's, yeah, absolutely. I mean, yes. That's why you watch those shows, and everybody want to be cool like Gil Gerard, Buck Rogers. But if you go back and watch it now, oh my goodness, is it bad? That that stupid robot Tweaky was like the Jar Jar Binks of his generation. He was. He was. He was yeah. Jar Jar Binks bad. You try try to watch now. Dig 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 dig. Okay, oh, Buck. The, yeah. the movie I thought was uber cool when I, I want to say I was six or seven years old uh, was the Black Hole. Do you remember the Black Hole? I no, I don't. Oh, you got to go. Maximilian Shell and Ernest Borgnine was in oh, it. Oh, yes, of course, of course, of course, of course. Yeah, the spaceship and the robot, and yes, 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 yes. yes. And had the they had their own version of Twiggy, kind of the the, the floating robot thing. Um, yeah, I don't know how. I mean, maybe we maybe that's a good part of our progression is is we've gotten out of some of that stuff. <laughs> There's no way those shows survive half a season a day, let alone the three or four seasons they survived back then. God, I remember the black hole. Do you remember that the the robot found a, a buddy who was like a country western version yep. and it was Slim Pickens that played the voice? I yep. like his name was Bob or something like that. Yep. <laughs> and I can't Bob stood for something. I don't remember what it, it stood for, but it stood for something. God, that's weird. That's funny you brought something that up. Something operating bot, I believe. I haven't thought about that in 30 years. I'll have to try to find it somewhere and watch it. Look, I have a fairly good memory, especially when it comes to, to TV and uh and movies. It's it's almost a curse. Um, my earliest memory is when I'm about 20 months old. Um, I, I have vivid memories from before the age of three. And just a, a quick side note, because you'll get a kick out of this. I'll never forget. I was not quite three years old. And I was at daycare at St. Stephen's. Church, and the woman, I guess she was like a, a daycare teacher, counselor, whatever you want to call them. And we're discussing my birthday party. I'm going to be three. And she's like, but you're not three yet. And I remember lecturing her with, hey, look, I know I'm not three yet. I'm going to be three in like four. Can't you just say this is my third birthday and I'm three? And I, I just remember getting to that argument with her. Uh, it was well, much of an argument as counts for, you know, a, an almost three-year-old. But right. that's one of my more vivid memories uh, is arguing with somebody who wouldn't acknowledge that I'm about to be three years old. Yeah, now that's uh, that sounds like you. That's pretty consistent. Yeah, so I, I started off. I started off strong and have have gone strong ever since. <laughs> you are you are that cliche. Go big or go home. You are well. You I, I was at one point. At some point, I'll have to show you one of my baby pictures uh, that my parents have of me in the nursery. I guess I had just been born, and it's typical me I'm laying there, but both my fists are up like. So I guess I you know, ready to fight. 
<laughs> that wait, were you like 14 ounces back then and, and instead of 103 pounds as you grew into that massive? No, I, I was actually a fairly normal sized baby. I was like seven <laughs> pounds and 11 or 12 ounces or something. But, but uh, my metabolism was so sky high that everything that would come in would immediately go out. And I, I did not gr- grow very quickly. I was super scrawny. Um, I'm not that way anymore. I wish I could go back to that. I'd like to drop about 11 pounds and get back down to 175, which is my fighting weight when I was in the army. Um, But there were, there have been three events in my life that have considerably slowed my metabolism to where I could gain weight. Uh, One was uh, ranger school because you don't eat. And as you know, your body thinks it's starving. So it stores everything in fat. Uh, My first deployment to Iraq because I obviously I wasn't eating as much as I probably should have. Um, And then to be fair, my army retirement, it was all, it was just over a, just over two years ago. I had my final army weigh in and I weighed in like 169 or something like that. Hmm. Um, and I was about two months from going on terminal leave. And at that point, you know, it's bad to say, but I finally said, all right, I'm going to start eating everything that I, I couldn't eat in copious amounts before. And I didn't do PT for like nine months. And so I went up to 191, um, which I had never been at before. I've never been that heavy. Now, fortunately, I've managed to come back down about 186. No, I was 185 yesterday. I do a weekly weigh-in. I don't believe in weighing myself every day. You'll yo-yo too much, but I I weigh myself every Saturday morning when I'm done with the gym and I'm 185. I'd still like to drop another 10 or so to get back down to 175. Um, But yeah, I was, when you want to say scrawny as a kid, I mean, I learned what a, what a bird chest was growing up because that's what I got called whenever I took my shirt off. Um, kids, can be, kids can be cool. I mean, I, that, you grow up, let's see, you grow up scrawny, short, and with a big mouth and an appetite for chess and Dungeons and Dragons. It is not the, bi- it is not the best uh, menu Jesus for success Christ. with ladies. Yeah, I was, look, I was an Uber nerd. To be fair, I still am an Uber nerd. We nerds rule the world. Um, but yeah, I Dungeons and Dragons. I was captain of the chess team. I was scrawny. I had a big mouth and, uh, yeah. So, uh, women back then tended to treat me as if I was radioactive. You, uh, you're far too white and far too masculine to be ruling the world at this point, sir. Sorry to tell you that. Well, to tell you also ever since high school, when I would joke around about being president, I believe I've had 31 people tell me that they would assassinate me if I ever got that high. That's not bad. I have people, I have that many people telling me that in Fred Meyer every time I go grocery shopping. So, <laughs> Well, they want to assassinate you? Yeah, it would be kind of hard to assassinate me, though. I kind of can't be killed for some reason. It's kind of that. Well, and, we could te- test that someday. Yeah. <laughs> I've tried. You know, I've tried. It just hasn't worked out. Yeah, I don't you, know what the You're way. like uh, Liam Neeson and try <laughs> to drive your car the wrong way down the, uh, down the French highways and see what happens. That's right, because I have a unique set of skills. <laughs> you know why he took that role, don't you? Uh, taken? Yeah. No, huh? Well, first of all, the movie was not expected to be the hit it was. It's like going to be. No, it was not. It's going to be released in like South Korea, and that was going to be about it. Right. Um, Liam Neeson took the role because it was going to be one of his only chances to play a, a true action hero. And now that's kind of what he's known for. Yeah, no kidding. Yeah. He killed like the entire continent of Europe in that movie. He Something killed like, like that. 400,000 people in that movie with his bare hands. It was pretty. I have a feeling that in real life, there'd be some more, there'd be greater consequences for what he did. Probably. Probably. He, he was kind of John Wick before John Wick was John Wick. Yeah. I, now you're going to, you're going to want to reach to the screen and slap me. I've never seen John Wick. 
Oh, just such a pleasure to watch those movies. They're they're very good. They're very well, good. I, I like Keanu Reeves. It, it yeah, took me too. a few years after watching Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure to take him seriously. Right. I kept expecting him to say, you're excellent. But <laughs> he, he, you know, he got out of those roles. And from everything I've read and everything I've seen online, and it could all be a giant act. But everything I've seen, he's supposed to be one of the nicest guys in Hollywood. I've heard that, too. I've heard that, too. Yeah. Yeah. No, you, he doesn't. He doesn't. Hover hands. What's that? Have you ever seen that when he's taking a picture with somebody, he does the hover hands? Hover hand. Yeah. He's famous for that. Yeah. 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 No, it, they're they're a good pleasure. Of course, you do not want Amelia watching that with you. Those those. Movies. Oh no, there's a lot of things that I don't want <laughs> Amelia watching with us. Um, there, uh, now, there's a lot of stuff that would give her nightmares. I mean, it, it she she doesn't like the the gore and and blood or even the the jump scare stuff very much. She she's very much a a girly girl who's into you know unicorns and bluey and you know nice. Nice tame stuff. I I, right. I don't even really watch you know war documentaries that are graphic around her because she's just not into that. Well, that's good. It's a, it's okay keeping kids innocent for as long as you can. I have no problem with that. I would do the same thing if I were in your shoes. We should do it we more often. Do- I don't know why people are in such a hurry to take the innocence away from children. Fuck. I mean, dude, the way I was raised, I would do anything not to have to been exposed to the shit I was exposed to, you know, in my childhood. It's, it's gross and it's it's affected my entire life. So, yeah. And I totally get that. I totally well, endorse it. You're going to be a grown up whole, you know, your whole it was what, not even 100 years ago where kids had to grow up fast just to be able to survive. My great grandmother, I'll never forget my mom telling me this story. My great grandmother, uh, who was born in the year 1900, uh, she died, obviously. Uh, but now 35 years ago, something like that. Um, when she was six years old, uh, her dad pulled her out of school and put her to work in a textile mill, you know, and he would wait outside the gate every day and she'd give him her, give him her money. I mean, that's when kids say, well, you know, the kids grow up so fast nowadays. No, that was growing up fast. Having to work in a textile mill when you're, when you're six years old, you know, during the depression, having to sell boiled peanuts by the side of the road so your family can eat that night. That's having to grow up fast. I hear you. you. Know, it, it, we shouldn't we shouldn't force it on kids. If they can maintain some innocence a little bit longer, you know, that's a, that's a good thing. It is. Absolutely. I 100 percent endorse that. Well, Russ, I think we should probably get it to be wrapping up. We've been going for about an hour, I see. Um, yeah. Maybe would, maybe in the future we'll get a little bit more structure on some some of our yeah. subjects as opposed to leaping around like we're a frog on a hot plate. Stream consciousness podcasting. Yeah, that's okay. I had a ton of shit that I had written down. We didn't get to any of it because the, we were just having too much fun anyway. So yeah, well, I sent it. you I sent you my I sent you my list of possible subjects. Everything from pizza toppings to the folks like the almost people, um, and everything in between. I have a lack for topics, given with how especially given how stupid the world is. Oh yeah. No, that's uh, we could go on for hours just on some of these. Yeah. That's what most of my stuff written down is about how stupid the world is. I'm, I'm noticing. Yeah. Well, it's like, you know, what was it? Uh, oh, I don't remember who said it, but uh, for uh, life, for emotional people, life's a tragedy for smart people. Life is a comedy. I mean, th- right. that's, I'm sure the human race is like a tragic comedy that we could, we could just riff on for hours. And that's not to say that I don't have my stupid moments. I have more than enough stupid moments. Um, I try to limit them. I might know something about that myself. 
<laughs> what, my stupid moments or are you having them? <laughs> oh, my, my ridiculously stupid moments, yes. You, you've, you've, seen, you've seen a couple of my stupid moments. Sure, sure. Um, everything, you, you are the reason I don't drink caffeinated soda very much right anymore. Really? You don't remember this? The- we were out, out in the field and I had a really bad headache. I used to always get a bad headache the best day of every field problem I ever went on. And I was like, oh my gosh, my goodness, I got a bad headache. I need to go lay down. And you're like, hey, you, uh, you drink a lot, of, a lot of soda? I'm like, yeah, one or two Mountain Dews a day. You're like, yeah, it's caffeine withdrawal, dumbass. Stop doing that. <laughs> um, so I, I, the, the cheer wine that you saw me drinking during this thing, uh, that was my first caffeinated drink in like two weeks. I, usually, I may have like one every week or one every two weeks, but I don't let myself get caffeinated anymore because the headaches shut me down. Yeah. Um, so that was one of my stupid moments that you were involved in. The other one was when I had I had originally heard about the reason why the uh, the horse and the the line on the first calf patch were black. Easy um, now. Was I had heard that that was because they had lost their colors in battle and it was in mourning or something. And you're like, no, you have no idea what you're talking about. And you promptly proceeded to lecture me on the true history of the the first calf patch. Um, so in the great Gary Owen and the whole nine yards, I'm sure I let you let it rip. Oh yeah. So that was the whole, now it wasn't quite as bad as how you treated one of our fellow instructors on the six lane FTX. We went on one time. Um, one of them making, I don't know if you remember this, uh, the old MS one instructor making fun of the, the Sac state cadets and you like tore into it. And you're like, hey, you know. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah I like, hey, man, I, I'm, I'm, just, I'm just kidding. No, you weren't. And then after that, he was all real cool with you. Yeah, he, he was. was. funny at that moment. He was actually a pretty good guy, but yeah. Oh, he, he was uh, great. Yeah, he's but a good guy. Moment, he pissed me off. He pissed me off. Yeah. And the cadets, the cadets ate it up. They're like, oh, cool. The big major's fucking sticking up for us, you know. So that was kind well, of- one, thing I, one thing I learned a long time ago, don't, don't piss off Coop. I mean, I got, <laughs> I got tons of stories about folks I've seen piss you off that they, they learned quickly not to. Oh, I try, but I still have a little bit of a oh, uh, attitude issue. Well, there, obviously, but there's there's some there's some areas in which that has uh, served you well. Uh, sure, it, it's it's helped keep you out of situations when people know that you are able to to be like that. Um, for me, I, I tell my it was it's the old uh, oh, what's the name of the comedian. Um, one of the cadets sent this to me. I've used joke ever since is uh, people, people know intellectual capacity and, and quality for reasoning is quite high. And so they don't want to get into debates with me. They will avoid me at parties so that they don't lose. And as a matter of fact, just to show their great respect for what they know about my intellect, they will often not invite me to the first place um, because they don't lose. And that's what I tell myself. As to why I am, you know, not always invited places. People are scared to get into those conversations with me, and they they don't want to get shown up. I'm sure that's exactly what it is. I'm sure it that's 100. percent uh, I'm sure of it. <laughs> <laughs> well, before we go, you want to pimp your uh, your latest book and your uh, and your writing career a little bit? Um, well, yeah, actually, I have uh, I have five books out right now. Um, I have. Uh, a vampire story uh, called Donald, which is my very first novel. Just a brief thing on that is uh, go to Amazon and read it. Don't expect Twilight. My vampires don't sparkle until you set them on fire. So <laughs> they are they are monsters. So Akeldama is my first book. The one that I consider to be my best is Salvation Day, which is a, a much more deep, introspective 
paranormal action novel that's designed to get you thinking about God and the universe and faith. Uh, Wrongful Death is a ghost story told from the point of view of the ghost. Uh, it's about a high school senior who died and was prevented from going to the afterlife. Um, I originally wanted to write that one from the point of view of a high school girl. When I started writing, I remember I realized that I know about as much about high school girls now as I did back when I was in high school, which meant zero. So I had to write, I had to change my you perspective could have used on that. Me as a, you could have used me as a consultant. You never thought about that. Huh? I've often thought of you as a high school girl. Um, <laughs> then uh, Schism has been my bestseller. Schism is about a second American civil war based on red blue. And some of the stuff I'm seeing in the news nowadays, it frightens me because it parallels my novel pretty well. Mm-hmm. Um, sure does. Schism, just for those that are interested, Schism is not designed as a hopeful tale or told from one end or the other. It is designed to show just how bad things can get if we let it if we let it continue to possibly blaze. And the one I just brought out is uh, Homecoming. That's my first true science fiction novel. Uh, it's about humanity got kicked off of Earth about 6,000 years ago, um, and they are now returning to try and reclaim their home world. It is told in a journal format by a historian that accompanied the, uh, the fleet from Novum Terra back to Earth to try to kick the aliens off. And the course over the course of the novel, they come to find out that stuff they thought they knew about their history and their supposed savior who led them on their uh, exile maybe was not as uh, maybe not as sanitary or as uh, pure as they had been taught all these years. Um, like they had, they had to learn the true, true nature of what happened during their flight from earth and what the guy who saved them was really like. Um, so those are my five novels. I write R.D. Meyer. I took that, I kind of took that from J.K. Rowling. J.K. Rowling wrote under J.K. Rowling because she was afraid that boys would not buy uh, novels, fantasy novels written by a woman. So she adopted mm-hmm. the nom de plume J.K. Rowling. I wasn't that high minded. I adopted the name R.D. Meyer because, like I said, Google Russ Meyer, find out what comes up. Probably don't do it from work. Definitely don't click on the images uh, on the Google search from that. Um, you'll be surprised. So I write under R.D. Meyer. I blog three times a week under R.D. Meyer, R-D-M-E-Y-E-R, writes.blogspot.com. It is kind of like this blog, almost a stream of consciousness. Um, it's mostly about writing. I try to keep politics out of it. Unfortunately, recently, a lot of stuff's come up because of the woke scolds. Um, I, I do, yeah, you know, mostly, and that's not, to me, that's not a left or right issue. Everybody should want ideas disseminated. We should be against censorship. We should be against canceling. We should want people to be able to discuss stuff and not be preached at all the time. Um, but rdmeyerwrites.blogspot.com is my, my blog. It's where you'll find uh, more of me, and we can always use more of me. Um, everybody I know oh God, yes. more of me. Yes, slather it on like butter, baby. Wow, that's uh, this is pretty visual. And I have <laughs> people trying to put rub butter all over me. Um, <laughs> hey, just a quick aside. There's Doing your really, diet, that would appeal mightily to you, probably. Hey, well, two things real quick. Sorry, before we go. Uh, first of all, just so you know, she really is my daughter. My oldest wants buttered her country ham. Jesus uh, Christ. And then the second thing, I was in, this is almost comical. I, I, I sometimes engage with this really stupid person on social media that's a friend of a friend um, who has taken to calling me the butter guy for some reason. I have no idea. She can't come up with insults to save her life. Um, and she posts the same thing over and over and over again. Um, butter is delicious. But, I don't know why that's a problem. That's but usually it's got to be salted butter. I've just gotten older. My wife will only buy unsalted butter. If I want salted, I have to go to the store and buy it myself. Ah, 
Um, I don't know what's up with that. I, she White people salt. problems. First world problems, definitely. First world problems for sure. She uses unsalted butter in a lot of her baking stuff, but I, I need salted butter because I need the flavor. I need rich flavor. <laughs> I'm sure we'll talk about food at some point. Oh, I'm sure we will. I got tons of stuff. By the way, we do have a, uh, if anybody wants to get a hold of us for now, um, we do have a uh, Gmail. It's two grumpy bastards at gmail.com where you can send, uh, send us email and then tell us how much you fucking hate us and all that kind of please send us critiques we love those we love to engage on an intellectual level and we will treat you with the utmost respect and dignity uh when you start calling us names because that's what we're known for absolutely yeah i'm i'm known for my very calm pleasant likable amiable demeanor when people get insulting and disrespectful that's amiable or did you say amiable or anal well depends on (laughs) depends on what time of morning it is you know, uh, I do believe in psychoanalysis. So, um, you know, the anal stage is always something that's 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 uh, part of my life. What my, my best friend back in college, they for a few years and I'm, I probably shouldn't even put this out because it might catch on. Um, but for uh, my freshman year of college, they nicknamed me Arm, A-R-M, anal retentive man. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> my buddy Pete will enjoy hearing that on the podcast, I'm sure. That was nice. That was his. That was his brainchild, and it stuck for the better part of my freshman year. Nice. I'll have to remember that. No, I, know I, have so many, I have already so many pet names for you in my head that I, I, I'd have to make room. Hey, you give me those pet names, you start calling me those pet names, and I promise that after three, four hours of solid thought, I'll have a good comeback. <laughs> That's right. You are, you are uh, very famously, I tell people this all the time. You are, when I was lecturing to you about getting in shape one time, you said, I am in shape, rounds of shape. Yeah, I'll no, never forget that. In fairness, I did steal that from uh, Damon Wayans in uh, The Great White Hype. Gotcha. Gotcha. Oh, yeah. I saw that about 50 times. No, I didn't. Uh, I have no idea. <laughs> I have no idea what you just said. I have no idea what you just said. But anyway, it's it's a fun movie. As long there, there's movies that you just gotta. I'm sure you know this. You go in, you turn off your brain, and you just, you just gotta have a good time. Oh, I gotta tell you, I'm gonna get you. Sucker was one of the most popular movies in the dorm when I was in college. That Uh-oh. was that was a very well liked movie among my group of friends. That was that was that was awesome. I I've tr- I tried to pull my dad into the Deadpool franchise. Oh God, I love it. Well, I can't. It's been hard for me to convince him that you got to go in and turn your brain off and just understand you're going to enjoy a good movie that's kind of stupid. Mm-hmm. Um, if you go into Deadpool expecting a serious movie, you're you're not going to get it. You're not going to enjoy it. Now, also, Deadpool may be a Generation X thing. You know, I I've, I have reluctantly come to the conclusion, especially in dealing with my own children, that what's cool to me and my cohorts is never cool to my children, and vice versa. Oh, speaking of which, there was one big recommendation I wanted to give you to watch. Have you, uh, do you have Hulu? No. Okay. Uh, there is a movie out on Hulu called uh, Boss Level. Boss Level. Okay. It's awesome. Frank Grillo and Mel Gibson. It's, it's basically Deadpool meets uh, Edge of Tomorrow. There's this okay. guy that's caught in getting killed every day, every day, every day, every day. And he's trying to figure out what the fuck's going on. And this Frank Grillo, who's one of my favorites. He's he's uh, uh, the name's familiar. I'd have to look up Frank Grillo to remember. Yeah, he's he he, he's done a lot of stuff. He played. Uh, oh, what did he play in the Avengers? What was the uh, what's the name of the character he played? Uh, he, was he Crossbones? Uh, yes. Love? Yeah. yeah, 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 okay, yeah. Yeah, no, I, I like him. That's that's why. 
There's um, a there's I, a fantastic series on Netflix called Kingdom where it's he's a mixed martial arts fighter and he owns a gym and it's his family. And okay. it's, it, it was on for four seasons. One of the best TV shows I've ever watched. And, you know, I used to be a huge MMA fan and it's just really, really good. He's fantastic. So well, he's very okay. likable because he, he narrates the movie and it's just hilarious. And like how he's explaining, oh, yeah, this motherfucker killed me six times already. And I didn't know. <laughs> well, but I'll, I'll be honest about how much of a Neanderthal I am. I have direct TV. Uh, which I know cost me, you know, a couple hundred bucks a month. Mm-hmm. And to show you even, even more how Neanderthal I am, I have DirecTV for specifically one reason. You know what that one reason is? Uh, so you can watch the Pac-12 network? Why would I want to watch that garbage? That's not it. That, um, that was a no. joke. Um, I know. I'm not into sewer TV. Um, I, I would – I got it specifically to watch Carolina Panthers games. Now, granted, yeah. that may be sewer TV nowadays uh, because of, of what they've been doing recently, but – since there's no one outside of about a 50 mile radius of Charlotte, North Carolina wants to show Carolina Panther games, especially now that Cam Newton's not there. Right. Um, I, I had to have a special arrangement when I moved to Sacramento, uh, before I even teamed up with you, that's when I got direct TV so I could watch Panther games and the inertia has just kind of kept me there. So I, I've out into Disney plus in the last couple months. I I'm, I'm kind of slow to change. I, I, pre- I prefer homeostasis. <laughs> homeostasis as to be i don't know not even mud more like more like basalt i just well, i just don't like you know quick change for the sake of change for me just does not work i don't, I don't know why people just want to change I, I think things get into it i actually brought that up on linkedin once about businesses uh maybe sometimes keeping stuff you know the same so the customers are used to it maybe you know obviously adapting to business practices but but understanding that sometimes companies uh, people get into a comfort level. Um, and some people agreed and some people didn't. Um, I'm, I'm not near as boisterous on LinkedIn. I'm nowhere near as boisterous on LinkedIn as I am maybe on some other social media because that's not the platform for it. Right. Uh, LinkedIn is, is business. Unfortunately, it has, some of it has turned into Facebook, Instagram, really? for some folks. Yeah. Huh. yeah there's, I, there's some stuff on there. I'm like, folks, I don't come to LinkedIn to discuss politics, to see what right. you had for dinner last night, to view pictures of your kids. Let's talk about business practices. Right. You know, we got other platforms for that, uh, that kind of stuff. Um, so folks who, folks who know. Are there any kitten from, videos over there? What's that? Kitten videos? Any kitten videos on LinkedIn? I'm in if there's kitten videos. Um, actually, there might be. <laughs> I'm not kidding. They, they got videos of dogs who, say, who jump into rivers and save people sometimes. Yeah, you know, you get the, hey, here's what happened at this night when we got all the kids together and this is how cute it was. I'm like, right. that's great, but that's not the purpose of this platform. Um, but, it, you know, it is what it is. Like you said, social media can be a bit of a, uh, can be a bit of a shit show a lot of times. Yeah, yeah I, I don't miss being on Facebook. I I, uh, I still have an account, but I'm never on there anymore. It's just like, blah. I, I am sometimes addicted just because I, it's hard for me to, to walk away from a fight sometimes. Right. Um, you right. know that. The, the One of the funniest parts in... Uh, Avengers Endgame was when Captain America ended up fighting himself and his previous self was like, I can do this all day. And Captain America's like, yeah, I know. Uh, so it, it, it's, I, I, I had to force myself to walk away. There's, there's days I don't get on at all, but that's not because I wouldn't want to get on Facebook. There's usually three reasons I don't get on Facebook for a day and they tend to mesh together. One is I need to spend more time with my family. You know, the, the work day is done and I need to spend time with family. I was so busy at work that, you know, I don't have time to spare to get on. Um, and the third is, it's not been as much, but I need to get more into it, is I'm actually starting to write another novel. 
Um, I'm on chapter four of a science fiction fantasy mashup where it's like a, a group, you know, we're talking millions of years from now when humans finally discover uh, technology, how to bridge the goal. Uh, they go to another star and when they get there, they find that it's also populated by humans. There's dwarves and elves and uh, other stuff. There's magic. And I'm trying to blend those two to figure out how it goes in chapter four right now. Oh, okay. No, oh, that sounds interesting. That does. I have no title for it. I have no idea what to call it. <laughs> yeah, that would be a tough one. Yeah. I won't, come up, with anything. I won't come up with anything. I won't even promise you that I'll try. Uh, you're, you're, you're free to be a beta reader at some point if you want. I've got like half a dozen folks. The problem with my beta readers, I love them, but I'm not getting feedback. They're like, hey, this is great, man. It's awesome. That's good to hear. But at this stage, I need to know, right. is there something you found that is wrong that I can fix? If not, great. I'm going to assume I'm the next Stephen King and this is going to be the greatest selling thing ever. And you know, generations will, will breathe my name with reverence as they read my tome. But that's probably not reality. As long as you don't fuck up your endings like Stephen King always does, I'll be okay with that. He he said some of his endings are great, but Stephen oh. King's hit or miss. Yeah, I can't stand. We'll probably that. talk about that some, some other time, I'm sure. sure. Anyway, well, we better wrap it um, up, bro. I gotta, yeah, I gotta well, edit this, and yeah, we've been it. rolling. I'll probably we edit care, out we, 90%. We'll get off on topic again and end up with another twenty minutes. Yeah, no kidding. Anything, anything before we sign <laughs> off? Any last things, sir? You, you pimped your books. Uh, you talked about your baby pictures. Uh, all I that. My so. books. That's right. Well, um, yeah. No, well, I'll be, uh, I'll be hitting you up. Like I said, I got a ton of shit that we still can talk about, and and uh, yeah, it's so okay. All the folks out there, and all the folks out there in podcast land. I almost said radio land. I mean, we'll see how the video goes. My mom once said that I had a face for radio. Um, so, I. We're, the, we'll try to be consistent on dropping this uh, so yep. that uh, y'all can tune in uh, maybe about once a week and garner wisdom from uh, two grumpy bastards because that's exactly what we are. And um, just to let everybody know, I'm an actual bastard. <laughs> I just play one on TV. That's right. All right, Russ. Hey, good talking to you. I'm going to sign yep. off. Uh, we'll see you. We'll see you next week, buddy. All right. Hey, painted over Bye-bye. ants. They 